Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hartcastle. Today, we're starting a brand new series called Playlist. And uh, what Playlist is about is um, one of the greatest teachers that ever walked the planet. His name was Jesus. And the reason why Jesus was such an effective uh, teacher is because Jesus took the ordinary, the mundane, the things that many people overlooked, and he would use them as, a, as an illustration, as a metaphor. Or he would take the things that the world was doing, and he would redeem them to speak spiritual truths on behalf of God. And so today you picked a great day to be here because we're going to be doing this journey over the next four weeks. Um, I have selected four secular songs that are going to speak a spiritual truth. And even though the artist may never have intended for, for what's going to happen over the next four weeks, we believe that God takes the things of the world and he redeems them to speak life and liberty into us. And so we're on this journey where we're going to learn more about what are some of the things that God can say to us through some of the culture that our world is at, that has today. Uh, some of you today may be here, and this is a great day for you. You're very positive. Maybe you're going, maybe you're on top of the mountaintop. Life is doing you good, and you feel the victory. You feel the power of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. And so you're at a good spot in life. And so today, it's a resurrection Sunday because you're like, man, my life is on cloud nine, you know? That may be where you're at today. And then the rest of us are at a different place. Life's not treating you so good. Maybe you're not on the mountaintop. Maybe it doesn't feel like resurrection. In fact, it feels more like the Friday night before the resurrection. Feels like life isn't going so well. Things are not falling into place like you thought they would. Maybe your life is not quite what it seems to be. Maybe you feel a sense of insignificance. Maybe you feel like you're not good enough. Maybe you feel like you're not smart enough today. Maybe you're here today and you say, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not attractive Maybe today you have a physical insecurity, something you don't like about yourself, something that maybe you've wrestled with and struggled with your entire life. Today, I pray that God will speak to your hearts and that God will open you up to hear the truth that he's going to say through some amazing words that will speak deeply, I believe, into our soul if we'll open ourselves up. Just to start off today by a show of hands and, and just kind of being honest and real in this house today. How many guys would be honest enough to say today that there's something, maybe just one thing, you'd have to really look for, but there's one thing that you don't like about yourself. There's one thing that maybe you struggle with. Uh, maybe it's your weight. Maybe it, you feel you're too heavy or you feel you're too thin or, or maybe it's, uh, you don't, you're not one of the popular ones or there's just a struggle you have in your life. How many guys would be honest enough today by showing your hands that say you have something in your life that you've struggled with throughout your life? Raise your hands up. If you don't have them up, teach us what your secret is. We want to know. Want to know either that or you're just in denial. Could be you're in denial. I don't know. But the fact is, all of us are on the same plane, but it's called humanity. 
as humanity, as human beings, we all struggle with something. There's something that that we compare ourselves to, someone we compare ourselves to, uh, somebody that maybe we look up to and we want to be like them. Or it could be some um, some icon out there that we look to as, well, they're they look like they got it together. If I just look like them, if I just act like them, maybe I could find a way to have it together. Okay, so our first song we're going to look at just a little bit later in service, excuse me, is a song that was written by a young girl that when she was younger, she, she was discovered at age 16. And uh, at age 16, she, she was discovered about her musical, her singing ability, and she, she, she launched onto uh, the, 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 uh, the, the, the worldwide stage in a very powerful way. Uh, but there was something inside of her that she always struggled with. Back whenever she was little, she had hairstylists for parents. And she has this very kinky, uncontrollable hair. I mean, my wife knows what I'm talking about. Um, but she had this hair that was just kind of frizzy and really crazy and kind of, she never could get under control. And since her parents were hairstylists, she would take and she would use chemicals and she would use uh, straighteners to try to get her hair to lay straight. Well, over a period of time, uh, the follicles and the, the parts of her hair became, began to decay. And she actually started losing her hair in clumps. And she, so she was insecure about her hair to start with. And now she's magnified that insecurity by trying to fix something that she was never intended to fix. Her name is Elisa Elisa Cara. And she wrote a song that was called Scars to Your Beautiful. And she wrote that song based on the premise that, listen, Though you may look at something in your life and not like it, though you may have things that have been done in your life that you have not enjoyed and painful places that you have journeyed through, just realize that where you're at now, the scars you have now, one day they will be treasured as beautiful. Now, she may never have intended for that song to say that, but that's what I want the song to say to us today. I want the song to speak to the deepest parts of our insecurities in our life. Every single one of us have those insecurities. Every single one of us lay our head down on our pillows at night and go through the day in our lives. And we think about what are the things that I struggle with today? All of us look at somebody else and go, wow, they look like they got it together. Look how he's built. Look how she's built. Oh, look what she's wearing. I wish I could pull that off on this Easter Sunday. I wish I could wear that dress or that outfit. Or we look at what other people have and we 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 compare and we contrast. Here's what the some of the lyrics say. Now, I've I've adjusted some of the lyrics to go with us universally uh, in the song, specifically singing to uh, maybe uh, singing to girls and trying to help them in their insecurity. In fact, uh, when she performs this song. In her shows, she does it without any makeup on whatsoever because she wants people to know they're beautiful just the way they are. So here's what the words say. It says this. You got them in your notes. It says, we just want to be beautiful. We go unnoticed. We know no limits. We crave attention. We praise an image. What's the image? It's what the world says. It's what the world kind of puts out there. Is, this is what you're supposed to look like. This is what you're supposed to act like. She goes on to say, we pray to be sculpted by the sculptor. Oh, we don't see the light that's shining deeper than the eyes can find it. 
Maybe we have made ourselves blind. So we try to cover up our pain and cut away our woes. But listen, because cover girls don't cry when their face is made. In this particular story, in this song, we see that people are struggling with insignificance, with the failure of, of conforming to the world because they can't, and so they feel like they have failed in life, less than, unattractive. Uh, the message maybe to you today is, uh, you're not good enough. You have failed one too many times. You'll never hit the mark. How many times do you have to quit and pick up again? How many times do you say the wrong things? How many times do you do the wrong actions? How long will it take for you to get it right? You have failed. You're not beautiful. You're not handsome. You're not what the world says you are to be. My key thought I want to give you today is this. Write this down in your notes. With Christ, you are God's masterpiece. With God, or with Christ, you are God's masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. What are you? You are what? You are God's creative, creatively made, beautifully and fearfully wonderfully made, the scripture says. You are God's masterpiece. Don't believe me? Stand to your feet this morning as we read God's word. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10. Read along with me. It says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. As you can't take credit for this, it is a gift from God. So he's saying, listen, you were saved by grace and grace alone. You can't take credit for it. He goes on to say, salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none can boast about it. Verse 10, here's the key. It says, for we are God's what? We are God's... What are we? We are God's... He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do what? We can do the good things. What did He do? That He planned long ago. You're not, right now, who God created you to be. Because He has a masterpiece He's going to work through you and bring out of you. Father, touch our hearts today. Let us hear the truth of your word today, but not just hear it. Receive it. Be changed by it. Be consumed by the love that you give to each one of us. We are your masterpiece, fearfully and wonderfully made in your image. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Scripture says that through faith, In Christ Jesus alone, through faith in Christ alone, we're saved. We're not saved by what we do. We're not saved by how we act or or the actions we do. We are saved through faith in Christ. And because of that salvation through Christ, it means there's nothing more you can do. There's nothing less you can do. We are saved through faith in who? Through faith in Christ. And as we are saved through faith in Christ, it says that you are God's masterpiece. You are created by God for God's plan that he had set up long ago. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are God's masterpiece. Go ahead. Now turn to your other neighbor and said, they didn't say that very good. I'm going to tell you, you are God's masterpiece. Right? We, we are God's masterpiece. We were created in the beauty that God 
intended for us. In fact, uh, the Greek word in masterpiece, if you broke that down, it stands for poema. And it means a poem. It, that literally means that you are God's poem. You are God's tapestry. You are God's masterpiece. Created divinely by God for God's purpose that he planned for you long ago. Who are you? You are a poetic statement. Who are you? You are the workmanship of God. Who are you? You are the tapestry that represents God's grace and goodness in this world. Who is God? Well, God is the artist. And we are the artwork. God is the painter and we are the canvas. God is the sculptor and we are the clay. We are not God. He is God. He created us for his good works. Some of you might say, well, that's fine and true. And I great that God created me the way he was. But I just wish I was a size one or two smaller. Or my legs were thinner. Or my bum was smaller. Or my hair was like that hair. Or my muscles were like those muscles. Uh, I wish I was smarter. I wish I was more talented. I wish I could sing. I wish I could play guitar. I wish I something inside. You say, hey, that's great. I get it. God created me. But I want something more. Well, if that's you today, if you went to a secular counselor, here's what they would say. They'd say, oh, you're struggling with low self-esteem. You have a low self-esteem about yourself. You, you see yourself negatively. You see yourself in a negative light. So you need to build up your self-esteem. Now, here's what I'll say about that. I believe our culture is inundated and overloaded with self-esteem. I believe that social media has made our, the generation, actually my kids' generation, very full of self-esteem. I mean, come on. They, they got to get on there and they got to tell every little thing that's going on in their life because they think everybody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody cares. I hate to tell you all, no one cares. Oh, I got, I got 35 likes. Great. 35 people accidentally clicked on your stuff. Good for you. You say, oh, that's mean, Pastor Kevin. No, no. I, what I want to tell you today, we don't need more self-esteem in this life. What we need is more Christ-esteem. We need to understand that, that who we are is not who we are by what we do. Who we are is who we are because of what Jesus already did. He said, he said, this is how much I love you. I will give my life for you because you cannot get to God unless there is a way. And I am the way, the truth and the life. So it doesn't matter what someone says about you, even though we often say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. What a lie. Words hurt. And sticks and stones, they hurt too. Words hurt worse than sticks and stones because words stay with you for a long time. The standard the world says is not the standard that God says. It's not about what someone did to you back then. It's about what God has done for you now. It's not about a low self-esteem. It is about us not realizing who Christ says we are. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, created by the Creator. 
masterfully designed for a purpose that only you can fulfill. No one else can do what you do. No one else has been created to fulfill the role that you have been given to fill. You were created by the master and designed beautifully by him. Why is this important? Because here's why it's important. What you believe about yourself on the inside reflects who you are on the out. What you believe about yourself on the inside reflects really who you are on the inside. I meet people all the time. I meet angry people. I meet, I meet people who are bitter people. I meet people who are overjoyous people. I meet people who are, are, are just downright, I would say, very, very close to evil people. Don't look at anybody. I meet people that are selfish. I meet people that are, are manipulative. I meet all kinds of people like every single one of you. And here's what I know. What I'm seeing on the outside is who they are on the inside. Something's going on deep inside that reverberates to every outward point of their life. Internally, there's something going on. It's not Christ-esteem sometimes. It's self-esteem. They have been maybe abused or violated by someone of their past, and they have this bitterness and this resentment inside of them, and it reverberates in every part of their life. They destroy every person they come into contact with. They don't have deep relationships because the person that hurt them was a deep relationship that hurt them. So therefore, they hurt. Hurt people hurt people. Hurting people hurt people. How do we fix it? How do we find a place of peace, a place of contentment, and a place in God's presence that it does not matter what's on the outside. It doesn't matter what people say on the outside. You stand and you stay and you steadily fight and you say, no, I will not go because of who Christ is in me. I'm not who the world says I am. I'm not what my friends say I am. I'm not even who my wife says I am. I am who God Says, I am. The lyrics go on to say something like this. They say, you don't see you're perfect because, and I'm going to add this in, because Christ, because of Christ, your sins are forgiven. You don't understand you're worth it. Why are you worth it? Because he showed it through the power of the cross. Or the beauty goes deeper than the surface. So to all of you people that are hurting, let Christ be the mirror. Be your mirror. Help you see a little bit clearer. The light that shines within, there's hope that's waiting from you in the, for you in the dark. You should know that you're beautiful. What? Just the way you are. Just the way God created you to be. I'm here to tell you today on this good, on this, on this resurrection Sunday morning, on this happy Easter day, I'm here to tell you that God Loves you. And I don't mean that in a cliche way. God loves you. He loves you more than anything else. He loves you. He can't, you cannot do anything where He loves you more. You cannot do anything where He'll love you less. He just loves you. And here's the beautiful part. He loves us all equally. He don't have favorites over one or the other. God doesn't love me more than He loves you. 
God doesn't love the person that you look at in your life and you think they're perfect. No such thing. Doesn't love them more than he loves you. If you're the person that thinks you're perfect, God does not love you more than he loves the person who is failing and struggling in life. God loves us all what? He loves us all equally. But here's the beautiful part. God may love us equally, but he does not. But he, the beautiful part is, but he also loves us uniquely. Uniquely according to how you need to be loved. God loves us equally, but he loves us uniquely. I'll illustrate it to you this way. Some of you young people won't be able to quite comprehend this, but you will one day. Um, but those of you who had more than one child, if you had more than one child, you'll, you'll, you'll understand this analogy I'm getting ready to say. Whenever we went through uh, having Tyler and Tyler was born into our family, I remember whenever we held him in our hands, we looked at that little, look, looked at his son, and we looked at him in the eyes, and we said, it's all the love I've got. I can't love him anymore. This guy is perfect. We love this guy. I can't imagine loving anybody more than I love this little guy. Right? And then Lily comes along. And we hold her in our arms and we look down and we go, I was wrong. I love her just as much as him. I love him. How do I have this much love for these kids? Parents, y'all relate? Raise your hand. You relate? Not raising your hand? I'm a little scared for you. Depends on the day, you know. I mean, I mean, depends on how bad they are, really, Kevin. Come on, Pastor. Don't, don't get me in a corner here. I gotta go home one day. We got lunch. I'll let you know after Easter lunch if I still love them equally. We love, we're, we love our kids. We love equally. However, we show or we express that love uniquely. Depending on who they are. So do you, do you understand it? He loves us equally, but he also knows how to love us uniquely depending on where we're at in life. So, for example, in our home, for, uh, for Tyler, you know, just show love to my son. It's just go up and give him a hug and, and, and he'll, he'll, he won't push you away. He'll reciprocate just a little bit to where it's macho enough not to be oozy and goozy. But he, he, he'll, he'll be, he'll receive it. He doesn't push us away. He don't say, get out of here. He's very receptive. Now, Lily, you love Lily on her schedule. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's like, it's like you go in and try to love her at a certain point. It's like, it's like, okay, get out. And then she comes and you're in the middle of something and she throws everything off my lap while I'm sitting on my chair and says, now's my time to be loved. Love me. So we love them equally, but we show them the love that they need in a very unique kind of way. Why? Why? Because because we want to instill inside of our kids what matters on the inside reveals who you are on the outside. What matters deep down reveals who you are on the outside. So today you can be leaving church and you're like, man, that was a great message. Man, I needed to hear that. I've been struggling with who I am and my identity and, and all that. Man, I need to hear that. And this is good. This is good stuff. And so what do you do? You go on social media and you start reading the post. And you start seeing what other people are doing. You start looking at Easter and you start looking at the pictures that they show of their families on Easter. And you go... Oh, I wish my family was like that. And you start comparing, you start contrasting, you start, you start becoming envious about where people are at. I'm here to tell you today, what matters on the inside will reveal who you are on the outside. 
Ladies, there's no greater beauty, in my opinion. There's no greater beauty. Nothing that is more beautiful, more stunning on a woman than when I watch and observe them loving and worshiping God. Most beautiful act I've ever seen is watching my daughter and watching my wife as they worship God and in their full expression of their heart. Because what's on the inside is on, coming on the outside. Guys, there's nothing that makes you more macho. There's nothing that makes you more handsome than when you lead your family and when you take the helm and you say, this is where we're going because God is with us in this. There's nothing greater. Listen, you can provide all the money you want. You can buy your kids everything there is. You can drive the nicest cars, have the biggest house, have the biggest load of money in the bank, but it fails and it falls and it and it does not reach the heights of the heavens like a man who gets on his knees and prays for his wife and prays for his kids. That is when beauty from the inside comes to the outside. And that is whenever true transformation takes place. Thank you for that one applause. I hear you and I recognize it. Beauty from the inside out. Here's what the music video says. It's gonna, I'm going to play it for you. Just talks about how scars to your beautiful, that the things that have hurt you in your past, the things that have caused scars, either physical or emotional scars in your past, will turn and transform into something beautiful. Check this out. She just wants to be beautiful. She goes unnoticed. She knows no limits. She craves attention. She praises an image. She prays to be sculpted by the sculptor. And Jeff Carmel. It's Francesca. And Miles. Myron. Marnie Flores. Siobhan. Joanna. Christina. Josh. Tiny. Miranda. Jared. Grace. It's James. Ashley. See. The light is shining, deeper than the eyes can find it. Maybe we are made a blind soul. She tries to cover up her pain and cut her woes away. This cover girls don't cry after the face is made. But there's a hope that's waiting for you in the dark. You should know you're And then there was me. And a lot of people aren't afraid to, to give their opinions whether they're hurtful or not. People would laugh and stare. People watching you eat and making little comments. As I grew up thinking that I had to look a certain way. I never thought I was as pretty as the other girls. I proud of it. I shouldn't be trying to hide it. Eyelashes and my hair extensions, that's 
masculine as well we don't have. Uh, it's been something that I've struggled with my entire life, not feeling like I fit in. tell a story. Scars in our lives, physical scars, we can look back at them. We remember where we received those scars. Maybe it was uh, you fell out of a tree when you were a kid or it was a bike ride that you, you fell off or a skateboard of some sort. And You have a scar and it kind of reminds you of a story that goes along with that scar. Scars can be ugly, but also scars can be beautiful. Because scars, when they tell a story, they tell a story of beauty. Don't believe me? Ask a mother. If a mother's ever given birth to a child, you've got scars to prove it. I've never met a mother that ever looked at their scars and, and thought, I can't believe I had that rotten kid for these scars. Now they look at the scars and they go, yep, he gave them to me. And I love him. She gave them to me. I love my girl. Scars tell a story. There's scars that we see, but there's scars that we don't see as well. And I believe that's the greater story. Because all of us in this room, all of us have some scars from our past. Maybe scars that were inflicted by mom and dad. Maybe there's scars that were brought on by an abusive parents in your life. Or maybe it's a scar that came into your life in a in a, uh, a physical abuse way. 
Maybe you had an alcoholic father or a mother who didn't love you the way that you deserve to be loved. All of us have emotional scars that we carry with us. And the only way we find healing from those scars in life is Christ's esteem. It's, it's realizing that even though we have these scars, that He is the healer of the scars. That He does a transformation that only God can do. When I think about scars that are unseen, I, I think about my wife and I, we have had the joy of, of being in youth ministry for many, many years before we ever did this as lead pastors. And we've been at different places all around, you know, from, from Missouri to Arkansas to, to Illinois and back here and up here in, in Iowa. And I will say that Iowa, this has been one of our greatest challenges that we've experienced. Our Wednesday night youth services that we have are, are a lot of street kids. We have a lot of street kids come in. And uh, their parents don't go to church anywhere. They don't, they're not forced to come. They come on just how the, I believe God's drawing them in. God's bringing them here. And Michelle and I, you know, we, we can look back over our lives. And we've had a lot of kids that have come through the youth ministry. A lot of teenagers that have grown up. And some of them have turned out great. And some of them are still trying to figure things out. And we're just praying for them and that, believing that God can do a miracle in their life. But there was a there was a young lady that came into our youth ministry several years ago here in here in Keokuk, and from the time she came in, I knew that there was something that God was going to do inside of her, even though I couldn't see it on the outside. But what I knew about in her life was there's some scars that were deeply inside of her that no one could see. But on the outside, they were plain as day. She was very resentful, very angry. She, uh, she had no respect for authority whatsoever. Many times, we had to pull her aside and, and talk to her. Try to help her, try to correct her. She came from an alcoholic father. A mother who did not live here, who lived hours away. And a stepmother that didn't treat her with respect at all. And once we knew the story, we knew that God had to do something powerful inside this young girl. In sixth grade, she comes into the youth ministry and, and uh, oh me, she, she came in with attitude and all, man, capital A. And she just would rebel and she would talk back and she was disrespectful. There were a couple times that we had to ask her to leave. Go home and think when you get two weeks off. After two weeks, you can come back. And she did. I never forget, she walked in the door. We went, she's here. Batting down the hatches. We kept just praying with her and we kept just talking with her and loving her the best that we absolutely could. And God began to do a work. Inside her heart, God began to heal these secret scars that she held deep within her. Moves into her high school years and God, I, I saw God begin to just love her and cover her with love. And she began to soften. She began, when I first started going up and hugging her, I would go to the side and I would hug her and she would just stand there like this, just frozen, like, what are you doing? 
Crete. Get away from me. I kept loving her, and Michelle kept loving her, and we kept hugging her, and we kept letting her know, hey, you can be disrespectful to us, but we're going to love you anyway. And I believe she kept coming around because there was something she knew she needed. And as she moved through her ninth and up through her twelfth grade year, she began to volunteer here at the church every day. She came by every day. Pastor Kevin, what do you need? Do you need me to do anything? Do you need to file anything? I mean, on her own volition, she just came by, came by. She began to serve and she began, God began to do this amazing work inside of her life. She began to talk to her friends about Jesus. She brought many of her friends into the youth ministry. And then when they came in and they got a bad attitude, she got on to them. That's pretty good. She gave them attitude. So that's not all out here. Straighten it up. very few lives that you get a chance to see the progression of growth and see the, you see the ugliness turn to beauty. My family and I, she went off to college and I became like a, a father to her and I said, we're going to help you move in, tell us when. And we, we took stuff up in our, our van and we loaded, we carrying stuff out of the van into her dorm and I'm looking at her. I'm looking at her dorm, and I'm thinking, "This is a girl that we have watched grow in love." And I'm watching these boys, and I say, "I'm like praying, you know, Holy Ghost hemorrhoids down on them, you know." Don't you think of touching her? Get away, devil out! I see you. I see how you're looking. You're the devil. Get out! And uh, we had lunch with her that day, the day we took her up, and we 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 drove her to her orientation for freshman uh, class, and. Uh, we parked at a, and it was surprising, it was, it was like a church building that we kind of parked at. And we prayed with her, and she got out of the car, and she walked up the hill, and then she turned to the right, and she disappeared out of sight. And Michelle and I, we, we just kind of sat there. We were like, like nobody talking in the car. And we looked at, we, we didn't even look at each other. And when we did, we looked at each other, and I was bawling, she was bawling, Tyler was bawling, Lily was bawling. We all were crying in the car. Because God did something amazing inside this girl. God took the scars that were so broken. She was broken. And God transformed her life. He showed her what love really was. He let her know that her, even though her earthly father might not have been what God wanted him to be, he was God was going to be who she needed him to be. And we watched her grow and develop, now married, now, now moving on in life. She's, she's a social worker and she, she impacts other people's lives because she realizes my scars were turned into something beautiful. And people, you know, you, you might sit here and say, well, that's a great story, Pastor Kevin, and you really made an impact in your life. And I would tell you, you're wrong. I didn't make an impact in her life. She made an impact in mine. Because she showed me what it means to depend on God and allow Him to heal the scars of our life. Some of you here today, what are your scars? Some of you sit here today, you've dealt with mom and dad issues your whole life. Your scars are what they did to you. Sibling issues. Your scars cut deep. And what do you do? You hurt people as a result of the scars inside of you. Because your scars haven't been turned to beautiful. Your scars are fresh. They're still oozing. They're still hurting. 
Because you haven't allowed Christ to heal the scars inside your life. When I think of scars, and when I think of scars that are turned from something ugly and tragic to beautiful, I think of this, Isaiah 53, verse 5. I think of these pictures right here. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Those are the scars I think of. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. When I think of scars, I think of what Jesus went through on the cross. And he went through and endured the scars of the cross so that you and I could find beauty on the other side of the scars. You don't have to carry those scars with you any longer. You don't have to live anymore in resentment. You don't have to live anymore in anger and frustration and bitterness. Because you can know what it's like to have healing and find beauty on the other side. All He wants you to do is come to Him. Because here's the thing that God wants you to know today. God wants you to know this. God loves you deeply. God values values you highly. God provides for you fully. And God plans you carefully. He loves you. He values you. He provides for you and He plans for you. You are loved and accepted by God no matter what you've done last night, no matter what you did last year. It does not matter. Don't believe what the world says about you. Don't believe that you're worthless. Don't believe that you're unloved. Do not believe the lies that you have to look and act like everybody else. You are uniquely and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God loves us equally, but He loves us uniquely. This song speaks about who He is to every single one of us. I know that you are for me. I know that you are for me. I know that you will never forsake me in my weakness. I know that you have found now, even if you write upon my heart, to remind me of who come before you today every single one of us in this room have scars that we carried with us in our life they may be scars from our past emotional scars scars of abuse scars of words that were spoken in us and they just settled deep into our spirits God how I pray today that on this Easter Sunday, on this resurrection day, that God, you would begin to reveal the beauty that comes from you. 
though we may not be able to see it, though we can't see the workmanship that you have created, we're going to have not self-esteem, but Christ-esteem to believe that you are for us. With your head bowed and eyes closed here today, there's those of you, you have battled scars in your life. As I've been talking today, it's been speaking to you. There's something that has gone on in your past. There's something that has gone on way deep down in the recesses. The scars are still fresh. The scars are still real. You have denied them for so long, yet you may not see them on the inside, but they reveal themselves on the outside by how you act how you behave, how you interact with people. They come out. They're just there. And you know why it is? Because you have not allowed Christ to heal the scars inside. You know who you are. You're here this morning and you say, you know what? I'm realizing that I have never allowed God to heal the scars in my life. I need you to do it now. If that's you, head bowed, eyes closed. No one looking around. not going to have you raise your hand just right there where you're at. This is between you and God. I want you just to bow your heads. I want you to say, God, heal me of my scars. Those devastating places that I've never looked to you for. I need you to heal me. To bring me your peace. To bring me Christ's esteem. I'm not who I am but what's been do- by what's been done to me. I'm not who I am but what I do. I am who I am because Christ lives in me. Still praying today, head bowed, eyes closed. Would not, I would be amiss today if I did not say this. If you're here today, probably the greatest scar in your life is the fact that you don't, you're distant, you're far from God. The greatest scar in your life is that you don't know the love of God because you And your life that you're walking is far from Him. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whosoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. God brought you here today. God has you here today. Not because someone invited you. Not because someone maybe uh, asked you to come or, or you're here because of guilt of feeling somebody else wanted you to do. No, you're here today because God knew you were going to be here on this Easter Sunday. And He wants you to know that He loves you. And He's here for you if you'll just open your heart and receive Him. With head bowed and eyes closed, you say, I need God in my life. I am far from Him. I need Him to forgive me my sins. Give me eternal life and make me new. If that's you here today, with your head bowed, just say, God, I need you. I need you. Forgive me of all my sins and help me to walk with you. I need you, God. Change me from the inside out. Thank you, God. So God, for the secret shame in our life, for the places that we maybe have never dealt with, may you heal us, take the scars and make them beautiful. Make them a beautiful tapestry, a poetic statement that radiates your goodness through my life. Every single day, God, scars to your beautiful. In Jesus' name, everybody said. 
You have been listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. We thank you for tuning in and would like to encourage you to worship with us if you're in our area. Our Sunday morning service is at 10 a.m. and we have other activities throughout the week for the entire family. For more information, go to crossviewfellowship.com. Thanks again for listening to a ministry of Crossview Church. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.